Well, hello, my friends. Troy Brewer here, coming at you strong from the studios here at Open Door Church in Burleson, Texas. And I call you blessed in Jesus' name. Welcome, guys. If uh, you're listening through the podcast right now, I'm so glad that you are. Thank you so much. And uh, I'm so glad that you're plugged into this. Uh, I actually listen to this podcast myself. And like, okay, uh, like you listen to your own podcast? Well, a little bit. I sure do. And like, well, why would you do that? Because I'm like, okay, did I say that right? And did I do that right? And typically it is, nope, (laughs) fail. There you go. But I listen to a whole bunch of podcasts, and it's a tremendous part of my walk with King Jesus. I listen to business podcasts, and of course, all kinds of kingdom podcasts. I listen to all those kinds of things. But if you're listening on the radio here today, what you're what you're going to be hearing is a radio podcast broadcast. We like to do these on Fridays, and uh, I'm so glad that you're listening. Take advantage of this whole new way of teaching and simply go to troybrewer.com and uh, sign up for it. Uh, Or you can go to iHeartRadio or you can go anywhere where you can download a podcast and look for Experiencing Real Life. Look for Troy Brewer and uh, be sure and do that. Today, guys, I'm going to be talking about uh, dealing with the enemy. And I'm not talking about the devil. I'm talking about the knucklehead that has signed up with the devil that is after you and plaguing you and all those kinds of things. And I've got some good, listen, I got great news today. I sure do. Jesus is alive and kicking and he is a God of victory. He is a warrior God. He knows how to fight your battles. And today, guys, we're going to be looking at five different ways five different ways to deal with your enemies in a very godly way. Yeah, you're going to like this. And I got some really cool stories that I'm going to tell you. All right. So let me tell you that in traveling the world, um, I have come across some next level uh, haters and some next level people that, that were really disruptive and disrespectful and those kinds of things. I have also encountered uh, people that outright wanted to kill us. And that's, that's a whole different animal than somebody who just wants to, you know, uh, insult you. Even though it feels like the same if you're a Texan, and it's, those, are, those are difficult things for me to get past. Um, my wife and I have had guns pulled on us. Uh, we've, had the, we've had two issues with the cartel that we barely lived through both of those. If it, if it, if it wasn't for a miracle, um, we would have both died in all the teams of people that were with us. Uh, that in Mexico, one on the Texas-Mexican border, and the other one way down uh, past Chihuahua, Mexico, uh, out in the Chihuahuan Desert. And uh, yeah, we've had those kinds of hostilities. We've also had the enemies that we've dealt with in saving boys and girls out of sexual trafficking. Uh, we come across all these traffickers, and many times, you know, you have to talk to them for a long time uh, before you actually get the girl. And it has to be, you have to be diplomatic, you have to be very cordial. And I'm just going to tell you, I have really struggled with that. I have, it has not been an easy journey for me. And um, the last time that I was involved in the rescue of a little girl was in the nation of Belize. And after it was over with, I went to my executive pastor and I went to my teams that were there. And I said, I'm never going to do that again. 
I'm never, ever, ever going to do that again. They're like, what? You're not going to go in and rescue people? I went, nope, I'm going to support all my teams that are doing that, but I'm not going to personally do that. And they were like, why? And it's like, because I found myself in a position today that I could not be trusted with the man that owned that little girl. Like, what do you mean you couldn't be trusted? Well, uh, I actually wanted to murder him. Yeah, that's what I wanted to do. Um, I felt an unholy hatred that I cannot explain to you. And I thought the best thing for this guy and for this planet would be if he was six feet in the dirt. He needs a nice dirt nap. And like, what? Okay, if you just heard that and if you hate me over that, it's uh, number one. It's it, it may be just because what I sound because what I said was terrible, and it is a terrible thing to say. And I'm telling you, I had to repent of it. Um, but it may also be too because you're used to men being neutered, and I'm not. And I'm just want to just say I am a dude, and I fight for these little boys, and I fight for these little girls, and I'm passionate about it. And when someone is sitting in a situation where they're bragging about how they have tormented this 12 year old child. And they brag on it over and over and over again. And I'm just trying to leave the building with this girl. And I'm sitting there looking. I want to just tell you, I contemplated murder. And I actually went to King Jesus and said, Lord, what do I do with this? I know this is not why you called me into the ministry. And and friends, I hope I haven't disappointed you in telling you that. But I am a dude. And you just... You just can't imagine, um, man, when you get to know these girls and you love them so much, you cannot imagine how how difficult it is to deal with the emotions of uh, of not hating the people who have enslaved them, raped them, tortured them, and then sold them over and over and over again. And um, it has been an issue with me. And I've had to learn how to deal with that battleground because I came to a conclusion that simply said this, Jesus Christ did not call me in the ministry to murder somebody. Uh, Jesus Christ did not call me in the ministry for me to be full of hatred. Jesus Christ did not call me into the ministry uh, for me to be, um, for me, he didn't, for me to be the bad guy. Um, if the Lord is going to trust me with saving boys and girls, he's also got to trust me to be emotionally intelligent enough and loyal enough to him to know how to deal with the enemy because there are very real hostile people that are in total agreement with the devil, whether they know it or not. And uh, they are not our friends. They would be happy to kill us. They would be happy to have your kids. They'd be happy to have my grandkids. They'd be happy to destroy our lives if they can make a buck off of it. Um, You're like, well, Actually, you're just talking about a demon behind those people. No, no. I'm talking about the people. That's what I'm talking about. And then I want you to understand that our level of warfare is towards the demons that they are in agreement with. Okay? And you have to be able to get that principle down. So I'm going to go through some of these, but I'm going to to tell you that first and foremost, if you can avoid a knockdown drag out with your enemy, you need to you need to be constantly looking for places of peace. And that's on you. Your enemy is not going to do that. And if your attitude is like, well, I'm not going to do it. If he's not going to do it or she's not going to do it, I'm not going to do it. Well, you're you're the child of the king. And your loyalty to the king demands that you do things the way that the king has commanded you to do things. 
Romans chapter 12, verse 18 says, If it is possible, as much as it depends upon you, live peaceably with all men. Um, I wish it was possible <laughs> to live peaceably with all men, but it's not. Um, sometimes you're going to have to fight. Sometimes it's going to happen, and I totally get that. But I got to tell you this, it's not most of the time. It's really not. Most of the time, you can find a diplomatic way and a way that honors King Jesus of how to deal with the hostility of somebody else. Um, uh, <laughs> I... I have a lot of things to say about that. And again, since I'm on the radio, I'm going to dial all this back and just say, uh, some, I, I better not even say it. I'm just going to say it's not always possible. <laughs> if it is possible, then I'm saying that you should walk in it. And we need to know that. Um, as Christians, we should avoid uh, hostility and conflict as much as we possibly can when it comes to other people. And that's why the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26, be angry and sin not. I, I, I want to talk to all the men out there and tell you this. I want you to notice it does not say, do not be angry. Um, it also says, it also does not say that it is possible to live peaceably with all men. That's not what it says. Jesus is a warrior, and he understands a warrior's mentality, okay? And a lot of people in the body of Christ do not. Uh, they've really feminized everything about the Word of God, and uh, they have no understanding of real warfare. Okay, for those of us that are in the trenches and we're involved in the real world, we do understand. And here's the deal. Um, just because you, just because somebody really makes you mad doesn't mean that you've got to leave Jesus. What is sin? It's whatsoever is not a faith. Okay, so this is what it says. Um, here's the deal. If you're going to get angry, just don't leave Jesus out of it. And that is a really good attitude. And like, what, what are you talking about? How could you possibly be angry and still have Jesus in it? Jesus is not a hippie, okay? He's not a hippie. I promise you he's not. Jesus is a warrior. If you want to know what Jesus looks like, look him up in the book of Revelation. That's what King Jesus looks like. And if you're going to get mad, invite Jesus into your anger and let him be your king. I promise you, he will straighten you out. I promise you. It's, 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 a, it's a lot like this. Um, I want to talk to all the men here for just a second, and I want to say this to you. If you're actually lusting after a woman, and you know, hey, man, that's a married woman, or I am married, or, or that, you know, you're just lusting after some other woman— Here's what I want to tell you. Invite Jesus into that. Like, what are you talking about? Invite King Jesus and say, King Jesus, save that woman from the way that I'm thinking right now. I invite you into my thought life. I want to tell you, he will be happy to jump into that. He'll be so happy to do that. King Jesus, rescue that woman from the way that I'm lusting after her. Show up in my heart. Show up in my mind. Oh, he'll say, okay. And he won't show up and just go, I'm killing you. He's going to show up and say, I'm your king. Friends, this is Troy Brewer, and you're listening to a podcast broadcast. And for everybody that's listening on the radio, I'm about to go to the mid-break, and I'm going to come back. And again, we're looking at five godly ways to deal with your enemy. From the very beginning, the Lord has called our tribe to be the hands and the feet of King Jesus to the poor and to the world's most vulnerable. 
We have been demonstrating the heart of the Lord in at least 53 nations throughout the world by building nearly 100 water wells, schools and homes for orphans, leprosy villages in India, and even now, we are feeding more than 3,000 people every single week right here in the United States through our local food banks. Several years ago, we built a massive effort to save boys and girls from the terrors of sexual slavery. You know, the number of redeemed children is now in the thousands, thousands of kids rescued, and those numbers are growing every single day. When you partner with Troy Brewer Ministries, not only are you helping me preach the gospel, but you're actually helping me demonstrate it through selfless acts of redemption and also helping us see a little boy or a little girl saved in every way that a child can be saved. We know we can't do it alone, so we're asking you to prayerfully consider being a part of our tribe. When you call us today or when you go to troybrewer.com and once you partner with us, not only will you receive the blessing of God for this great kingdom effort, but you will also receive free access to our video teaching platform at troybrewer.tv. It's video on demand, point, click, and have your life change. It's all of my school of ministry, all of my school of prophecy, all of my videos called Numbers That Preach, all of my pulpit teaching, and even all of my conferences with guests from all over the planet Earth. This is our free gift to all of our monthly partners, and I encourage you to take advantage of it. Go to troybrewer.com and partner with us today. Well, welcome back, my friends. This is Troy Brewer. Welcome to the Experiencing Real Life radio uh, broadcast. And today we're doing a podcast broadcast, and we're talking about five different ways to deal with your enemy. Here's those real kids. You're going to have enemies. I wish that I could tell you everybody's going to love you. I'm always shocked when somebody doesn't love me. I, I've i only known a few people in my life that didn't love me, and they were all stupid, okay? And I'm just like, okay, there's obviously they're off somehow. There's something wrong with them. Um, obviously, I'm being a little bit facetious, and I'm being extremely funny. At least I think I am. But the deal is I really like getting along with people. Um, I like having friends. Uh, my daddy was like that. My kids are like that. I really like having friends, and I, I, I'm very comfortable around people I don't know, and I love every kind of people that there is. I travel the world, and I like diversity in people. I like different cultures and different environments, and a part of that is because I'm I'm very comfortable being a Jesus freak from the great free state of Texas. I'm just extremely comfortable with all of that. And so I'm very comfortable in my own skin because the Lord has made me like that. So I'm not intimidated by, you know, other people. Most of the world is better looking than me, and I just have to deal with it. With that said, um, I wish I could get along with everybody, but I can't. It would be my if I if I had a choice in it, I would get along with everybody um, in the sense of in, in a very godly way. But there's going to be people that are going to be hostile against you. And then I'm going to say this to you. Are you ready? There's some people you don't need to get along with. Like, what? No, you don't need to get along with them. Can't we all just get along? No, we cannot. No, we cannot all get along. And the reason why we cannot all get along is because of selfishness. And if you're selfish and if you drive drunk, and if you enslave boys and girls, if you are hostile against my children, if uh, you have an if you have a Disney agenda that you want to sexualize my children at the age of five, I want to just tell you this: I'm not seeking to get along with you at all. 
I, as a matter of fact, what I want to do is I want to come against your evil agenda. And that is a big part of my loyalty to who to who King Jesus has created me to be and also to, um, um, to being a leader of a ministry movement and to being a dad and to being a husband. Um, so I'm going to have conflict. You're going to have conflict. It's going to be rough. But in the midst of all that, I'm not going to stay engaged in a conflict because I have a grudge. I'm going to be engaged in a conflict because I need a kingdom win. Those are two different things. If you're going to engage in a conflict, it cannot be because you have a grudge. And like, what are you talking about? I want to read to you, my friend, um, what Ephesians 4.31 says. It says, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, outbursts, and blasphemies with all malice be taken away from you. It's like, okay, listen, you cannot partner with that. Um, you're not doing this. Again, you're not engaged in a conflict because you hold a grudge and you cuss somebody 24 hours a day and yada, yada, yada. It, that's not why you engage in conflict. You engage in a conflict because you want to see a kingdom win. And that's a good word for somebody. Here's a third one. Do not try and get back at a, do not try and get back at a person. Like, what are you talking about? Well, in Romans 12, 17, 19, it says, Do not repay evil for evil. Commend what is honest in the sight of all men. And then he says, Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to God's wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. When you start operating in a system of vengeance, you are operating as a thief, and who you're stealing from is God. Vengeance does not belong to you. Vengeance is real, and vengeance is needed, but you cannot touch it, and you cannot deal with it. Jesus Christ is a God of great vengeance. He is a God of great justice, and it belongs to him. You know, man, I it, it's a lot like, and it's vengeance is a terrible weapon, and it's a lot like me coming over to your house and stealing your gun. When you start operating in a template of vengeance, you're stealing from God because vengeance belongs to him, and he can properly operated it. I'm not going to go over there not having any sense at all, stumble into your house and 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 grab a hold of a gun and just start messing with it because I'm a knucklehead and I don't know. And then all of a sudden I shoot myself. You will shoot yourself every single time when you operate in vengeance because that weapon does not belong to you. It belongs to God. And God takes it very personal and he likes his vengeance and he doesn't want you stealing it from him. Oh, you know what? It's not our job. It's not our tool. And uh, we got to live peaceably with all men as much as is possible. Okay? Um, as much as is possible. <laughs> that's, that's, I, I, just, I just can't emphasize that um, enough. And the reason why I'm doing that is simply because I know that there are tens of thousands of people that are hearing this, that you're involved in a conflict and you might be like, I don't even know if I'm saved. Dude, you're saved. You're saved. And I'm sorry that you're involved in 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 this conflict. I'm sorry that it got all Western the other day or whatever it was that happened to you. But what's real is you can, you can engage in hostile warfare in a way that is godly. And if you missed the first part of this, I'm going to give you the first one. Number one, do not... Be picking a fight um, in the sense of, hey, I just, we're going to have to go to war over this. All right. Unless it is a, unless it is your ministry to do so. 
right? But I mean, I'm just saying, you know, if somebody's stupid and they're acting stupid and they're doing ridiculous things, man, you don't, your, your response is not to get up and bow out your chest and just go beat them up. That's, <laughs> that's not what you do. The second one is you do not hold a grudge and you don't constantly uh, be full of, you know, the word of God says, don't be full of bitterness, wrath, anger, outbursts, and blasphemies and put them all, put them all away with all malice, right? And the next one is this, do not operate in vengeance. Do not do that because that weapon does not belong to you. And then fourthly is this, um, you if you want to get God involved in anything, you serve God in that situation, that's that's a big-time principle that the Lord taught me when I was a very young man. If I want God involved in my finances, I serve the Lord, and I have to be committed and in covenant with God in my finances. If I want to see God Almighty move in my thought process and my emotional well-being and my my emotional health and intelligence, I got I to gotta be willing to serve the Lord in that area. Okay, here's the deal. If... If you're at war with somebody, it doesn't mean that you stop doing good to you, it doesn't mean that you stop doing good to or for that person. Proverbs chapter 25 verse 21 says that if your enemy is hungry, give him bread to eat, and if he's thirsty, give him water to drink. Because if you do, you will heap coals of fire upon that brother's head, and the Lord will reward you. If you want to see God Almighty show up and vindicate you, Serve King Jesus by serving that person. Do something good for him. Invite Jesus to the table of y'all's fight, and here's how you do it. You get to the king's palace through the servant's quarters. Ha <laughs> ha, that's what you do. And then finally, um, you know, you, you're still going to have to deal with, with, you know, your person with kindness and love. And then the last one is, is you're going to, have to pray about it and you're going to have to take the matter to God and you're going to have to actively pursue the Lord within the situation that you deal with and do not run away from God to deal with the hostility that you have in the in the enmity that you have between the two of you. No, no, run to King Jesus. I'm going to close here by telling you an amazing story and it's, I don't have very much time left. So, um, but I was in India several years ago. And while I was in a church that we built, and we were doing like the the ribbon cutting ceremony, um, it was crammed full of probably 500 people. And it was a room that should have held probably 200 people. There's no chairs or anything. Everybody was standing there. And while I was up there preaching, uh, all of the, the crowd parted and there was this guru this, this dude, this demoniac that was wearing orange, had paint all over his face. Uh, he was mumbling and, and he came up and all this and everybody started freaking out. And he came up and he lifted up. He's wearing this orange skirt. He lifted up his leg and showed me the bottom of his foot. And he had this big old gnarly corn fed foot, man. Uh, had one of those Jurassic Park toenails. And I was, I was looking at that and he showed me, he showed me the bottom of his foot. And, and then he, he stamped his big stick on the ground. Boom, boom, which means he put a curse on me. And he turned around and walked off. Everybody in the church was like, I'm out. And they all left because a curse had just been put upon me and upon that church. And I was like, where's everybody going? They're like, no, we're out. The brother leaves and I'm looking out this window and there's like these big windows that don't have glass in it, right? It's like a cement structure. It's got big windows that don't have glass in it. All these people were sitting in the windows. And I look and I see the brother get on his bike 
and I started praying for him and I started praying for the team. He gets maybe about, I don't know, a hundred yards away and he hits a pothole and I saw him go straight over his handlebars and he hit the street and he starts screaming like a Comanche Indian. He starts freaking out. And everybody's just kind of, you know, and he's out there and the brother has a bone sticking out of his leg. He broke his leg, the very leg, the very leg that he had just cursed me with. And all the people started running back and saying, your God is God, your God is God. And they were all freaking out because they were horrified at this guy. And he was out there screaming with a broken leg. I was watching and people were just, you know, literally stepping on him while they were coming back to church. And I went out there and said, no, 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 no. And I went out there, we called an ambulance. I paid for the ambulance. We took the brother to the hospital. We took the brother to the hospital. He had to have a minor surgery to put his leg all back together. I paid for the minor surgery and I was there. I went to his hospital every day and went there to visit him and prayed for him. Uh, I'm not gonna tell you that he gave his heart to King Jesus, but I'm gonna tell you that Jesus invaded that whole situation. And uh, I became friends with that guy. Uh, I haven't seen him in four or five years. And I don't know if he's still alive or not, but uh, I was his friend every time that I went through that part of India. I would go by there and I'd say, I gotta go see my guru buddy and see if he's walking with Jesus yet. And he was still doing his, you know, sorcery and all of his mess and whatnot. But, but I was his friend. And even though he attacked me and cursed me, I blessed him and Jesus showed up. Well, friends, I'm going to let you guys go. It's all the time that I have for today. Thank you so much for listening. I call you guys blessed. Would you please call us sometime and give us your testimonies and, and tell us what all you got out of this? Call 877-413-0888. Bye-bye, everybody.